What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by the full crew of It's Your Boy Joey, It's Your Boy Bo, and It's Your Boy Brady. And we are tearing up a little bit. We're recapping our final comic reading of season one of the podcast. <laughs> oh, how are you guys doing this week? That's fake. None of you guys were crying a couple seconds ago. Shut up, dude. Hey. Oh, it's called acting. It's, it's we're putting on a show here. This is a production, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bo. Yeah, yeah. Listen here, see. Um, <laughs> what was the question, Brady? Did you ask how we're doing? Yeah, that's the you know how you guys are doing this week. I Joey usually answers first. Go ahead, Joey. Hi, Joey. Joey, you're up. You know, I'm doing pretty good. As as well as I can be doing, I suppose, after that slaughter in Ohio State went through last night. But hey, it's the holiday season, and the bowl games don't matter when they're not the playoffs. So whatever. That's like girl math, but but Ohio State boy man, man fat fat man fat fan math. I like man fat better actually. I should start drinking this coffee. But yeah, I I, I like that logic. Is what I probably should have said the first time. Brady, how you doing? I'm doing uh, right. this... I am I am extremely tired. Uh uh went to uh the homeland for, for Christmas, so uh a nice eight hour drive there and back. Um over a four day span. So, you know, sleeping and stuff. It's good. Um but yeah, good times, good times to be had by all. Christmas was wonderful. The Ohio State game last night was not. Especially when Ohio State has their like third string quarterback in, you know, but hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Yep, it is what it is. What are what are everyone's plans for ringing in the new year this weekend? Uh, but right. Ooh, cool, 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 cool. That sounds awesome. That sounds amazing. Um I don't know what I'm doing. Probably just hanging out with the, the family. Obviously going wild New Year's Eve. I do that every year in, in my 30s. Um, just just getting nuts um, with my family. Probably in, in the couch, drinking coffee, watching movies. Um, nothing crazy. Sauerkraut and pork on New Year's Day. That's about it. That's, that's the classic Giffen tradition. Oh, Black Eyed Peas? I'm, they're usually there, I think, but I'm not an <laughs> idiot, so I'm not like scarfing those down. Wait, you have sauerkraut and pork with the black-eyed peas? How do you know them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fergie's there. <laughs> um, <laughs> cla- obviously, will I am, and I'll give you guys five dollars if you can name another. Uh oh my goodness! I used to know them all. But that did all go right. over my head. I will say that uh, I was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean, Joey? What do you mean? They're just they're just peas. They're just beans." Yeah, they so, they uh, they don't have anywhere to go. They're well <laughs> out of work, so they hang out with us, and we give them right. a New Year's Day dinner. But in a, on a more real note, I've heard of this tradition on New Year's Day, but truth be told, I've never participated. I know nothing about it. Where where does this pork and sauerkraut thing come from? Uh, I think my grandma shops at Kroger, <laughs> so that's that's usually where she grabs it. And then, ju- funny thing, just the other a couple years ago, um, Noel just came in and just threw 
my grandma for a loop. And she's like, my family does kielbasa and sauerkraut. We should try it. And poor, poor, poor grandma Giffen was just like, change? <laughs> what? <laughs> and she made it. And it was freaking amazing. And it is because, like, kielbasa is so good. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my family uh, to answer your question, when, <laughs> instead of completely ignoring you, um, I have no idea. <laughs> Somebody came up with it. I think it's like a good luck thing. So it is apparently a Germanic tradition brought over by the Pennsylvania Dutch. Are you Pennsylvania Dutch, Bill? We appreciate the traditions of the Pennsylvania Dutch. They chose tasty foods to eat on that particular day. Yeah, but um, when you go to Amsterdam, Pennsylvania, and start smoking weed on the streets, everybody looks at you funny. Uh, Amsterdam, Pence. <laughs> um, to uh, to add on to your uh, Kiva Basta uh, comment, there, Bo. Uh, my wife or my family does uh, Rubens. Oh, okay. So you're taking the whole thing and just throwing it on a bun. Mm-hmm. Some rice, um, specifically. Some rye with some Thousand Island. Sick. I've no. never had a Reuben sandwich, but I would probably love one. Yeah, you're you're missing out, my friend. You're missing out, sure. I am not a sauerkraut fan. I hate I mean, to it, say it. It's okay I to be wrong sometimes, Joey. Yeah, I don't like it's... sauerkraut. I don't like a Reuben because it has sauerkraut. Um, corn I mean, I'm never going out of my way to get sauerkraut. But that, like that New fair. Year's, I know it's gonna be there, and I'm okay with that. And I eat a lot of it, <laughs> <laughs> probably enough to be okay with never eating it for the rest of the year, which is typically the case. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. There are occasional times where I'll be craving corned beef or something and get get a Reuben, but it's it's enough that it's probably once or twice a year with the sauerkraut. But it's not bad. It's you know it's just all right. It's just sauerkraut. Yeah, it's just what is it? Cabbage? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just not for me, you know. That's fair. In my old age, I have found that I like different kinds of cabbage. I don't know if you guys have had it, but I've recently had kimchi. Actually, a big fan of kimchi. I don't think I realized there were different kinds of cabbage. No, it's prepared, right? Kimchi is fermented and spicy. Spicy fermented cabbage. Whereas oh, so it's, it's not like, like it's not no, like it's like potatoes. Lettuce. It's like it's like it's it's a different type. It's still a potato. Yeah, it but no matter if it's, if it's a French fry or a chip. Yeah, oh, but there's can... different types of potato. You got your red oh. potato, and then you got your big potato, right? <sighs> I'm so hungry. Jeez, the so Secret Wars, guys. <laughs> secret Wars. So what a great <laughs> transition. Well, I was I was gonna get there. I was gonna be like, so you're not you're not really a sauerkraut guy, not not really doing the Reuben. You're 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 like a classic burger guy, Joe. You would just you would just prefer a normal burger, even like an eight year, thirteen day old burger. <laughs> okay, beautiful transition, but <laughs> yes, give me that eight year, thirteen day old burger. Yum. Now me. That's relevant, those of you who never do the reading, but listen anyway. We appreciate you, by the way. <laughs> you, you may say that 
I enjoyed that joke on a molecular level. <laughs> Good one, actually. Wow, okay. Let's talk comics. Let's yeah, do let's, it. Let's bring the listeners up to speed on what we're joking about here. Uh, so, we read 2015. Is 2015? 2015's Secret mm-hmm. Wars. The, um, not the 1980s version of Secret Wars. However, the 2015 one that we have discussed briefly um, when talking about our MCU recap and and plans for the future. But if you would like to read along with the podcast, pause now and go read Secret Wars issues one through nine. So did you guys notice this? Maybe. Maybe I should go back and double check. Um, When reading. Secret Wars. I'm pretty sure when you read like one through six, Secret Wars in the top corner was listed as like one of eight, and then two of eight, all the way through six. I learned why. And then, and then around like issue seven, it switches to seven of nine. So, so little background on this series: it was originally supposed to be eight issues. They realized they were not going to be able to wrap it up very well in the last three or four issues. So at that point, they just said, okay, let's do nine. So I'm not crazy. That's cool. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure there's like a record setting amount of spinoffs to Secret Wars. Like, spin- not spinoffs, tie ins is the word that I meant to say with my mouth. Oh, yeah, because I mean, this was the end of the Marvel universe at the time and the end of the ultimate universe at the time. And so yeah, squeeze it all in every single ongoing comic basically tied into this. Cause there's a, there's a whole world here and you could do battle world upon battle world stories and just be talking about a whole different region. I am fascinated by this idea. I love me some secret wars. Um, and I'm excited to, to hear you guys' thoughts about the main event. Even to this day, they're coming out with more like Battle World titles of things that are happening on Battle World. <laughs> uh, had you guys ever read this before? Nope. I have not, no. Okay. I no. I will I will show more towards the end or or as we go along. I had a much different reading this time around. Secret Wars. Imagine what you guys read right now. <laughs> what you know about comics. Mm-hmm. This crossover event was one of the very first things that I ever read digitally in, in Marvel Comics. And I was just so confused. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going in this time, having already read the whole event, plus tons of other tiny information. And I had a completely different experience. So, uh, excited to share those thoughts. But Let's uh, let's get a little plot under our belt first before we dive in a bit more. Right. So, plot coming to you courtesy once again of Wikipedia. Classic Wiki. We'll do this in threes, I guess. We'll do the first three issues and then three issues and then the last three. All right. Secret Wars, we're diving in. As Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, and the Molecule Man confront the Beyonders in a last-ditch attempt to save the multiverse, the final incursion of Earth-1610, which is the Ultimate Universe, and Earth-616, which is the Marvel Universe, begins. 
Heroes from each universe confront one another. Mr. Fantastic and the Maker, who is Mr. Fantastic from the Ultimate Universe, make plans to survive the cataclysm with a small group of colleagues. Mr. Fantastic selects heroes and important scientists while the Maker intends to save himself and the cabal of villains, including Thanos. The Maker sends a Doomsday Weapon and the Children of Tomorrow to Earth-616. Black Bolt, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Black Widow, Spider-Woman, and Beast are all killed and Stark Tower is destroyed. Meanwhile, Kingpin hosts a viewing party of the incursion for villains, um, and the festivities are interrupted by the arrival of the Punisher, who, at the end of the world, just wants to go out killing as many villains as he possibly can. Manifold begins teleporting heroes to the lifeboat. Cyclops merges with the Phoenix Force once again and destroys the Children of Tomorrow before being teleported onto the ship. Mr. Fantastic and Black Panther pilot the ship to the center of the incursion. A hull breach occurs, separating the part of the ship carrying the Invisible Woman, the Thing, and the most uh, and most of the Young Future Foundation. They are destroyed by the incursion before Mr. Fantastic can rescue them. The world fades to white as the two Earths collide. Doctor Doom's mask appears out of the white void before the white turns to black, and the life raft comes to rest on a mysterious planet. In issue two. A new Thor is shown joining the Thor Corps, which is a police force composed of different versions of Thor. The young Thor from the Battleworld domain of Higher Avalon tells the story of how God Emperor Doom created the Earth and the universe. The Thor of Higher Avalon and old Thor travel to Bar Sinister to bring its baron, Mr. Sinister, to Castle Doom, where Doom holds court from his throne on the World Tree. Sinister is charged with secretly aligning with Baron Hyperion of Utopolis in opposition to Higher Avalon. Sinister chooses to face his accuser Brian Braddock in battle and defeats him. Before he can deal the killing blow, God Emperor Doom intervenes. To save his brother Baron James Braddock confesses confesses two crimes against God Emperor Doom. God Emperor Doom banishes James to the shield, which is a massive wall that protects God Emperor Doom's realm from outside horrors. Thor of Higher Avalon and Old Thor escort Baron James to the shield where he jumps into the Deadlands and dies fighting zombies. In the Kingdom of Utopolis, Minister Alex Power is brought to an object uncovered by an earthquake, the life raft from Earth-1610. Valeria tells Sheriff Strange that the object is much older than the believed age of Earth. Strange tasks the Thor of Higher Avalon and Old Thor to enforce a quarantine around the Discovery site. One of the Moloid diggers on site inadvertently opens the craft and old Thor is killed by weapons thrown from within. The young Thor flees to tell Sheriff Strange what's happened. As he leaves, the Cabal and Maker emerge from the lifeboat. Thanos is told by a Moloid that they are in Battleworld. And then in issue 3, Sheriff Strange informs God Emperor Doom of recent events. Before a statue of the Molecule Man, they reminisce how God Emperor Doom had battled the Beyonders and managed to salvage various fragments of the Earth that were being destroyed. Sheriff Strange um, is summoned to Utopolis by the Thor Corps to examine the Cabal's life raft. A group of Thors are sent to apprehend the Cabal. Once all the Thors, aside from the Thor of Avalon, have left, Sheriff Strange tells the hidden Miles Morales that he may come out of hiding. Miles reveals that he had snuck onto the ship just before the incursion destroyed his planet. On the Isle of Agamotto, Sheriff Strange explains Battleworld to Miles, then reveals he has found the other life raft. The Thor of Higher Avalon opens the vessel and the survivors of Earth-616 exit stasis. Sheriff Strange realizes these heroes are from his timeline and world when he sees his fellow Illuminati, Black Panther, and Mr. Fantastic. Um, Sheriff Strange reveals they have been in stasis for eight years and that God Emperor Doom saved them all when he created Battleworld. 
in Utopolis, the Cabal and the Maker are discovered by the Thor Corps. And we'll pause there. That is the end of issue three. Um, Bo, you mentioned uh, how confused you were. Um, yes. <laughs> That's my Yeah, I, I remember specifically, like, during these first, like, three episodes, um, how deeply my confusion ha- had set in, which was just nuts. Yeah, and, I, was, um, I was in the same boat uh, reading these. I was like, I don't necessarily understand what's going on, but I think I will as things go on. And, like... I think at this point, like Reed Richards is one of the is the only one that we see twice, right? So, but we don't even really know that it's Reed Richards twice, but we do kind of, and it's just like my brain was just very, uh, what's the word? Uh, First time, <laughs> rambled. Yeah. So it was, but I was still able to follow along enough to kind of understand. We're in a different world. I have enough multiversal knowledge to go. All right, that makes sense to me. It's 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 okay. That it, it's okay ish. And so, but going through this, I was very confused. I, I I do like that you know they had some kind of connection with Sheriff Strange being um, from six one six, which just adds to you know. Doctor Strange's craziness that he's hit the actual 616 Doctor Strange is just literally everywhere at all times protecting because he's Doctor Strange. But anyhow, I was confused this whole time. Yeah, I I think that this time around, um, I, and I think part of the first couple issues, you're supposed to come in confused. Um, much like all the other people are kind of unraveling what's happening to them or, or what has happened. And it's a big kind of mystery of like, how did we get here? Where is here? Why does nobody remember? Why are things so different? Um, it's, it's, it was kind of my first, like, I guess my first exposure to like the multiversal aspect of it. I also went in knowing nothing about the ultimate universe and the difference between the two. Um, I didn't know that there was a 1610 and a 616, and that was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, my biggest confusion the first time was specifically centered around like the maker and why are there two Reed Richards? I remember that fight, like that actual incursion scene where it was going back and forth between the battles. I wasn't able to pick up on which world was being highlighted in each frame because um, I wasn't familiar with. Oh, Nick Fury looks like this in 1610, and that he's with that Hawkeye. Um, I wasn't able to pick up on who was Ultimate Iron Man when he was fighting Captain Marvel, the 616. Um, mm-hmm. This time around, beautifully done. Um, I, I absolutely loved it and picked up on so many different hints and tips and tricks. And I, and I knew more about where the 616 characters were at that time why the avengers looked the way that they did um obviously there's a lot of aspects of the illuminati in this which i had no prior reading behind um and the fact that they're able to like multiversally like pick up on each other's presence and things like that dude so good joey joey what were your first impressions kind of reading through this i am trying to think back to what this would have been like having made this like one of the first marvel comics that i ever read and i don't know how you even finished this story back then um to be honest because it is so confusing opening up on that incursion and like not even i feel like that first issue centered much more on 
the maker than it did on Earth 616. So like not even Marvel <laughs> heroes. And yeah. And then just something that was not in the recap, but issue one ends with, you know, it's the big white scene and it says death of or, or it says, you know, Marvel Universe 1961 to 2015. Ultimate Universe 2001 to 2015. Like they they're dead. They killed it at the end of issue one. And there were eight issues after that. Um, so I thought that yeah, was kind of neat and interesting. Um, but no, the, the confusion of battle world and just trying to figure out what in the world are all of these stores. Like, I, I can't imagine that being my first exposure to Thor, but just being like every Thor from every universe possible in this big police force. And they're all working for the supposed God emperor doom that, that created the earth and what is this earth and um i i was i think i texted you guys after i read it was probably right around this time right around the third issue um i had just read it and i i just said secret wars is weird <laughs> <laughs> so is that weird. was my first impression weird <laughs> but it's weird in the best way again i absolutely love this reading going back and um again characters like some of the low-key characters like um, oh, I, I can't even like they just so many people the first time I didn't recognize the first time around um, and just kind of having a, a great deeper appreciation for them now. And I, I think it was beautifully written and the way that it was pieced together was awesome. But yeah, I knew nothing about the maker, about the city, about um, Nick Fury and I mean, the ultimates and the ultimate Avengers and why Reed Richards wasn't part of the Fantastic Four and what happened to him. And there's so much behind that character. Like, the two biggest people from the Ultimate Universe are very, very clearly the Maker and Miles Morales. And I had no prior readings to either of them. And uh, there's a... Actually, in Marvel Comics right now, there's Ultimate Invasion. And they re-kind of ignited the Ultimate Universe, and it's centering around those two specifically. Um, and I think the backstories of the people that are like Ultimate Iron Man is a completely different Iron Man than Six One Six Iron Man, and uh, yeah, I, I could fangirl about that all day, having gone back and and read this. But um, this was also a very quick read for me. I I flew through this. Um, I think just out of pure kind of enjoyment. The first time around, I remember struggling. Um, and like I think that first issue is like forty some pages. Obviously, a lot of it's like the blank white pages and, and the black text with one word and things like that. But um, I just remember pausing a lot because trying to figure out what was going on. And, and this time it played kind of movie-like for me, which was awesome. But um, question for you guys. Go, having knowing the whole, the whole story now, and we don't need to keep too many secrets because we're trying to review this as a whole. Um, let's say that you were the one that was kind of creating this new world as we see these different realms and stuff unravel, the first thing we see is the Thor core and then policing this whole world. If you created this whole world, who would you have created to be your police force? Ooh. Am I thinking like from, from doom's perspective or from the, the, the comic no, you, writer's you. perspective? No, this is, this is Joe's world. But like Joe, Joe in the eyes of, of doom, like I'm God emperor Joey or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. you, I, I didn't know if I was in the comic or if I'm writing. Like who, who would I choose as the writer? Both, 
I mean, you're writing the new history, the new everything that is. There was nothing, and then there was everything. Who's your police force to protect you? Wait, and hold, I want to hear hold peace. Brady, because I feel like I know what it is, but... Well, I'll say, uh, mine's probably not what you're thinking, because I just think it would be cool to have uh, Iron Man be my police force. And not from a morale, morale thing, because I'll you have, you know, have different different Iron Men, right? So, doesn't have to be the uh, self-centered one that he is. Um, but uh, I just think it'd be cool to see the little, like, drones running around and policing and you get that futuristic tech type thing. So, that's, that's I'd say Iron Man. Iron Man's a good answer. Especially, for yeah, from the tech perspective. That's cool. Okay. I you thought did. you were going to go Captain America. Well, because um, that, that's where my mind went. Because I could a bunch of just superhero, like super strong people running around protecting me sounds great. But I think I've been uh, drawn more and more to this character recently. I'm going to go with magic. Because mm. then I've got literal magic on my side. You just hope oh, you just. You commit just, a crime and she just walks out of uh, limbo and goes, uh-uh. <laughs> she just, yeah, she just portals everybody to limbo. We've got the, the the jail set up there. She just like zap them there. Not a not a bad choice. These are good choices. I like them. What about you, Bo? Who would your uh, who would your jail person um, be? I would probably once again this. Let me sneeze out. There it goes. Now I can answer. Um, I'm gonna. There's so many good answers. I mean, it could be anybody, but I feel like I would probably meet you guys in the middle between tech and magic, and I would go with like a. I'd go the AI route, and I just do like a vision force. Hmm. I I could see that. I could see that. Like when when Vision wants to be OP, he is, and uh, he's unstoppable, unmovable, and you can just. He's he's a pretty pretty cool cool dude. In the, in the realm of magic, I'd probably like I like the aspect of Sheriff Strange. Doctor Strange is the sheriff is pretty awesome. Um, and then yeah, Captain America. I feel like there's just if you dive deeper in a battle world, there's just so many things where he would probably like be overpowered. Like you send you send a Captain America into Hulk world, you're done. <laughs> you don't just go to police Hulk country, which I, it sounds like not really anybody is in this. But if anybody's going to, like, I think the Thors would do a pretty decent job. Even though the Thors get offed pretty frequently. Um, well, that's but there's a lot you of send one. You send one Captain America into Hulk World, maybe that happens. But you send twenty Captain Americas in there. Who's to say? Me. Just send- I think Hulk beats twenty Captain Americas. <laughs> you just send some Hulk busters over there, you know. See, yeah, that's where the the, the yeah Iron Man text is a good answer. So is, is are we missing the obvious choice of selecting Hulk as our police force here? No, too unpredictable, bud. Yeah, he but would, it's, we're talking about doom here. You can't police the Hulk. Well, I mean, there's only so much you can do to actually change the people. He changed their their predicaments. He changed their surroundings and settings and stuff. But and then he brought in multiple versions from multiple different universes. But like, you can't really. Like in in the end, like they are still who they are. So, am I correct in my understanding? What we haven't really talked too much about 
the planet itself, Battle World, is constructed, if I'm correct, of different chunks of like all sorts of different reality Earth. Is that right? Correct. None Which of is them are from the same Earth. They're all different. Well, they, yeah, like there's parts of like the uh, Doctor Strange even mentions that they're like there's a there's a section of Battle World that's like literally 1610s New York. And he's like, yeah, you would recognize right me as Miles is asking like where his house is. Didn't uh, they, um, I think I, I thought I read this, didn't they go around and destroy the other worlds and then Doom just like, yoink, this is mine now. Yeah, they part destroyed of the all the worlds. Yeah. yeah, so when everything, like, when the incursion happened, Doom took what was left and brought it together and then shaped a new reality from that. So some of these are literally created. Um, like, he didn't pull, like, Doom... Well, I guess, yeah, technically, like, it is a version of Latveria, but, like, he he brought what was in and then reshaped it. Gotcha. But this is Doom's, like, this is mine now. Mine. Um, well, he, he took the ultimate sacrifices of, of needing to, to fill that role, as opposed to Doctor Strange, who ran away. I think we need some more plot. I think I yeah. think I have a lot of points that I want to talk about here, and I think we need some more plot. Yeah, let's get into the the middle of this story. My last question on the early issues: Did either of you take the time? I think it was the end of the second issue to read through every single territory on Battleworld in that big Absolutely, map. Absolutely, dude. I I have that screenshotted. I love that Battleworld map. I love I, a map. I, I'm about to say, I definitely looked at the map. I don't know if I went into full detail looking at every single one, but I was like, oh, okay, okay, you know. Oh, I read through every single, like, from top to bottom. Like, okay, number one is uh, New York. Okay, so that's there. And then Doomstat is where now? It it did take <laughs> probably five to ten minutes to read through that map. Because <laughs> I, I know now, like, I've done readings of, like, uh, Secret Wars, like, the A-Force. Where it's like all the female like hero like heroines um, together, and it's just literally nothing but females there. And it, like the team is like Captain Marvel, like She Hulk, Storm. Um, it's very very cool. Uh, I've done like the Spider Island Secret Wars read throughs. There's yeah, like this this whole concept was beautifully done, from, like a comic writer perspective. So. Um, more plot, more plot, more plot. <laughs> Strap in. Issue four. Here we go. In Utopolis, the Thor Corps battle Thanos, the Cabal, and the Maker. On the Isle of Agamotto, Sheriff Strange explains to the life rafters from 616 that the Beyonders were the ones behind the universes crashing together and that he and Doctor Doom were able to kill them and take their power. A wild boar version of Thor teleports to Castle Doom to report his findings. Sheriff Strange arrives at the battle with the raft survivors. God Emperor Doom also teleports to the battle and unleashes his power against the Cabal and their surviving members of the Life Raft. Cyclops, powered by the Phoenix Force, confronts God Emperor Doom and temporarily gains the upper hand. God Emperor Doom recovers, snaps Cyclops' neck, and orders the invaders to surrender. Sheriff Strange teleports the surviving members to safety. Enraged, God Emperor Doom kills Sheriff Strange with a blast of energy. In issue 5, after Sheriff Strange's funeral, God Emperor Doom enters a realm located below the Doctor Strange statue and talks to the real Molecule Man who lives there. It is explained that the Beyonders were the originators of reality, but eventually became harbingers of destruction. 
The Molecule Man was unique across the multiverse, a being whose presence in each reality represented a sliver of a single interdimensional entity. The Beyonders would initiate the end of a particular reality by detonating that reality's Molecule Man. Got Emperor Doom, Sheriff Strange, and the Earth-616 Molecule Man had gathered Molecule Men from across the multiverse and combined them into a bomb, which they directed towards the unsuspecting Beyonders. The detonation killed the Beyonders and allowed the Earth-616 Molecule Man to absorb their power and channel it to God Emperor Doom, who in turn created Battleworld. Valeria's Justice Division of the Future Foundation prepared to hunt down the Earth-616 heroes and also the Cabal. Thor appears in Doomguard, where the Thor Corps are located. Uh, Black Panther and Namor appear in Egyptia, Captain Marvel in Bar Sinister, and the Black Swan in Doomstat. At the end of the issue, Thanos appears at the base of the shield. And then in issue 6, we get three weeks later. Battleworld is in disarray, several kingdoms in open rebellion. Someone called the Prophet has formed an army against God Emperor Doom and has toppled the upper and lower kingdoms of Egyptia. God Emperor Doom orders his most loyal barons, Mr. Sinister, Maestro, Apocalypse, and Madeline Pryor, to deal with the threat of the Prophet. Of the other Cabal members, only Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive have been captured, while the Black Swan offers help to God Emperor Doom. The Foundation find the source of Doom's power and inform Valeria, who has become suspicious of her father. Mr. Fantastic and the Maker team up to find the source of Doom's power and send Spider-Man and Miles to inf infiltrate Castle Doom. The Spider-Men meet Valeria, who chooses not to go with them. Uh, Valeria demands to know who killed Sheriff Strange, and Peter confirms Valeria's suspicions that no one from the raft was responsible. After entering a trapdoor under the Molecule Man's statue, the Spider-Men are confronted by the, the real Molecule Man. Meanwhile, Namor and Black Panther arrive at the Isle of Agamotto using the key of Agamotto given to them by Sheriff Strange. They're given access to powerful items Sheriff Strange has collected over the years, including the Siege Courageous and an Infinity Gauntlet that works only in Doomstep. Thanos, who had been captured by the Hell Rangers, takes or talks to the sentient structure that forms the shield, a giant alternative version of Ben Grimm, and convinces him to reject God Emperor Doom and rise, causing the shield to fall down. And we will pause there. Uh, my my quick notes are um, we love a good Borthor. Um, Madam Pryor needs more clothes. And Doctor Doom kind of evil, huh? All right, that pretty much sums it up. On to issue seven. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline Pryor never needs more clothes. Jean Grey, in any form, is is beautiful. <laughs> um, even her clone. Okay, there. Uh, I, I just remember reading reading the comic for the first time and going, "Oh, there's like a naked lady in this. That's crazy." And I kept reading. <laughs> Good for you. I, Good for you, Brady. Way to power think, through that. Because I think she has like some kind of like bikini type thing on in the middle of what is it? Baron Sinister, who has this like crazy, almost like, you know, I don't want to say dress like, but has like this long like cape and pointy, like, I don't know. He's way overclothed. How's that? And it just—it was a real big contrast of them standing next to each other. Like you wanted, you needed Baron Sinister to be a little less clothed. Brandon? Yeah. What is yeah. what is over? He was. I feel like he was normally clothed. No, he was definitely over. Definitely overclothed. You, you needed some more sinister skin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just you know, make a skin like a like a like a like a, a scantily dressed 
universal bad guys or make a fully clothed universal bad guys. Why you have got to have such a contrast, you know? Okay, so uh, this has been your fashion update for Marvel Comics, Leo Brady, <laughs> your weekly usual segment. Interesting, interesting thing to hone in on there, Brady. Uh, <laughs> it is best not to question comic costumes. Um, most of them, especially in the female department, uh, defy all logic. Um, but they are they are done with purpose for. Us and all of the other 13-year-old little boys that are reading these comics. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. More, more plot, Joey. Let's just keep going. More Should plot, more plot, more off? plot. Um, we didn't even talk about the whole molecule man of it all. No, no, no. I have, I have so much to say. Um, I absolutely love, and I could have talked about this during the first section, too, the, the order of things here. The barons, the appeals before court, the kind of like old timey, like kind of almost medieval feel to the to the court system and the way that things are upheld. It's almost kind of like, and especially the, the different regions, very Game of Thronesy, mm-hmm. um, it, and I I love that to be kind of thrown straight into this Marvel world. I think a lot of that kind of showed like how they were dressed as well too. Is very high court. It was and, and things like that specifically induced that, and uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, Doom Doom made some interesting but yet commendable choices when it came to how he shaped this. Obviously, I think the biggest one of those are um, how he directly threw himself himself into the role of what Reed Richards would typically do in most situations, as of like. Taking his wife, <laughs> taking his, <laughs> taking his children, um, and uh, another thing that we didn't really talk about in the first section is the. This was my first kind of, and I don't know if you guys have ever read them before, but like Franklin and Valeria, like I knew nothing about the Richards children, um, kind of going into this, um, but they are they are a lot to talk about as well. I mean, I am quite surprised when she started digging into this that um, Valeria did not figure out that it was Doom sooner because she's just so freaking smart. And she's got a, a team of really other smart people working with her too, like Alex Powers and things like that. Um, the, the Future Foundation is pretty cool. I have read a, cool. a few things with Franklin and Valeria in them, but nothing super central. Um, I think the the closest thing comes is the Secret Invasion Fantastic Four story that I read where Ben Grimm gets trapped in the, I think Ben and Johnny get trapped in the the negative realm with Franklin and Valeria. So they are the Fantastic Four of like the negative realm, um, which was kind of cool. But yeah, you, you said he, he, he took Reed's wife. He took his, he literally just took Reed Richards' life. Like, <laughs> If this shows that anyone loves Reed Richards more than Reed Richards loves Reed Richards, it's it's apparently Victor Von Doom. There's a scene, and I'm pretty sure it's in the third part of the plot, but I want to talk about it here now because I feel like it's relevant to what we're talking about, where there's finally a confrontation between the two. And Doom is just... There's such a high jealousy there. And he's like, look, look at your face. Look at your face. You think that you could have done better than what I did. And Reed's just like... Yeah, I, th- I think we both know that. And then Doom just goes off. He's just so yeah. mad. 
But yeah, um, I think another cool aspect is basically just how Franklin just kind of waltzes about with his pet Galactus. (laughs) Like the fact that there's just this Sentinel Galactus standing guard out front and like is basically controlled by Franklin. I read a comic recently that, spoiler alert, um, the last two characters at the end of all things that are the Marvel Universe, even though it dies all the time, um, are Franklin Richards and Galactus. Um, Franklin Richards has a huge power set that makes him that person for many, many reasons. And basically, it's the two of them, and Franklin is very old in his age at this point, and they go back and recap the entire history of Marvel. And it's the two of them doing this as the end of everything is dying. Um, and it's just them and basically this void, which is which is so cool. So to know that dynamic and to have that story and then to see this as kind of like a prequel and hint to that, I, I think is is pretty awesome because there, there are big ties between essentially who is the world creator and then the world eater. So, yeah, I, I thought that that was awesome because, again, I thought nothing about it the first time. But then to have basically these two entities that, like, one is known for just swallowing and eating worlds. The other one is, has the ability to create them, which comes pretty key to this next third plot as well, too. Maybe we should have done more, more plot. <laughs> I have so much to say. Um, back to you guys. <laughs> I was Before just going to we... add the flaming Galactus was really cool. So, uh... And just seeing seeing Reed Walker or not Reed, but uh, his son walk around with flaming Galactus, just palm of his hand, eating it, eating out of well, the speaking palm of flaming. Hand. The other super cool part, uh, two of my favorite characters that do not get a lot of say in this, um, basically because of their roles in the first two thirds of the book, are the Human Torch, Johnny Storm, being the son of this oh, entire yeah. world. Shout out to Johnny, <laughs> just <laughs> just being the dang son, got kind of banished to and that's so that's like greek mythology-esque where oh you you disobeyed me you you rebelled as we all know that johnny would have and uh, instead of killing you as a favor to my now chosen wife um i'll just let you be the sun and just throw you up there and and that's how the sun came to be and then obviously the shield which is the huge gigantic wall that like barriers all the territories which a huge chunk of that ends up being none other than Ben Grimm um a big 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 Ben Grimm yeah big Ben Grimm was basically the great wall of China um yeah very interesting with those two and once again the character we still have yet to talk about molecule man this he was extreme I thought extremely interesting by far the most interesting part of this entire story to read about was how Molecule Man works, which is like he is one person across. He's like the only being that exists as one thing across the multiverse. And there, there is a Molecule Man in every universe, but it is essentially like a small piece of the overall Molecule Man. Um, just crazy Marvel mumbo jumbo stuff that I found it, it very intriguing. So basically just him, and then I think you made a point a couple comics ago that uh, the Phoenix Force was very similar as well, too. There's mm-hmm. just like just the Phoenix Force, which Doom just grabs by the neck and kills. Oh my gosh, so, yeah, he just 
straight up destroys Phoenix Cyclops as well because as Doctor Strange. I, Phoenix Force doesn't like dissipate and go into anything else, does it? It just dies with Psych like the first time. I didn't even think about that until like just the second. Yeah, I didn't see it like wish off into space or anything. Very anticlimactic. But yeah, um, question for you guys, because obviously the Molecule Man is a huge role in this, and there's a huge tie-in to a prior reading. Um, did either of you, or have either of you, ever read the 19... Was it 60s? I think it was the 70s. Maybe it was the 80s. I don't know. One of the first ever comic crossovers, the original Secret Wars. Nope. I have read the original Secret Wars, and yes, the Beyonders. Is yeah, Beyonder, the Molecule yeah. Man, and Doom are three huge parts of the original Secret Wars. Um, and basically, Doom's utilization of Molecule Man is, is a big way of how that happens. And then the Beyonder is kind of the whole reasoning for it happening. Um, but Doom has, has used the Molecule Man and hit his, his powers before in, in a prior Secret Wars. So I thought that was a super cool callback as well, too. But yeah, as far as like a power set, like Molecule Man is just very, very, very OP and very hungry. Like if you go visit the Molecule Man, bring some food. Like, is that too what much to ask? Some food. The only he has person. he has a countless amount of mouths that are just hungry, and he just needs to be fed. Bring him some food, and everybody forgets. Yeah, as we referenced earlier, the only person to bring him food was Miles Morales, who happened to have a cheeseburger in his pocket that he had, he had forgotten about, which they were in stasis for eight years. But even if the eight years doesn't count, it was still at least a 13-day-old burger. I think that was probably the comic logic that I was irked by the most. And I don't get irked by comic logic, but like the Spider-Man suit is not one... They contain things easily. Like we would have seen a lump. We would have <laughs> seen we would have seen a pocket. I didn't I didn't even know a spider suit had pockets, to be honest with you. I always thought that they could have used the utility belt. Like, we would have seen a cheeseburger. Come on, bro. Yeah, Peter Parker constantly has to like web his clothes to the sides of buildings because he doesn't have places to store stuff in his suit. His suit's I guess Miles just lets it fit a little more baggy. I guess a room for some cheeseburgers. the question, where, where did the cheeseburger come from, you know? Because to his point, he, he said he was, he's a growing boy. He's, <laughs> he's trying to get big. I think that it was in the classic front slide spot. I think he had it right down in there, keeping it warm. I had Molecule Man devoured it. Let's go. Oh, no, no questions asked. <laughs> Shall we finish up the plot here, boys? I Let's do it. All right, strap in. The prophet, who is revealed to be Maximus, marches his troops to Castle Doom. Baron Sinister takes the chance to turn against Baroness Pryor, but is subsequently struck down by the former Baron Apocalypse. The Thor Corps join the battle against Doom as Jane Foster has managed to convince her fellow Thors to fight against their god. Former Baron Maestro joins the battle with his army of world breakers. The two Reed Richards use the fight ensuing on the steps of Castle Doom as cover to infiltrate the building and steal the most valuable thing that's left from the multiverse from Doom. 
the Black Panther and Namor travel to the Deadlands for reinforcements, and the Black Panther uses his title as the King of the Dead to convince the zombies to join the forces opposing God Emperor Doom. Chaos continues on the outskirts of Castle Doom. Mr. Fantastic Maker and Star-Lord fly to Castle Doom, but a Hulk causes their ship to crash. The maestro calls God Emperor Doom out to face him, but is met instead by the giant Ben Grimm, who is destroying everything in his path. Susan, Valeria, and one of the Black Swans save Doom. Grimm, uh, ben Grimm continues his rampage until Franklin and Galactus arrive. Franklin reveals Doom is his father. Uh, ben realizes Franklin is the son of Susan and allows the... Franklin controlled Galactus to destroy him rather than fighting the boy. Susan bursts into tears until Valeria asks Susan to come with her. In Castle Doom, Star-Lord is attacked by the Black Swan while he is repairing his ship. Star-Lord manages to prick his Groot toothpick into the world tree, causing the toothpick to merge with the tree to form a giant Groot. Susan and Valeria head to the statues of the Molecule Man in Shadow Strange, but stop when they see the Mr. Fantastic and Maker. Um, God Emperor Doom arrives on the battlefield and gives Thanos a chance to be a baron. Thanos refuses the offer as he believes he is already a god. Doom rips out Thanos' skeleton. Uh, the battle continues until Captain Marvel spots the zombies coming from the remains of the shield. Black Panther with the Infinity Gauntlet and Namor arrive, declaring to Doom that his reign is over. Namor and Panther battle with Doom, wielding the power of the Beyonders, and the Black Panther wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. Susan does not recognize Mr. Fantastic and accuses him of being one of the murderers of Doctor Strange. Mr. Fantastic reveals that Doom killed Strange. Mr. Fantastic and Maker meet with Molecule Man, after which Maker betrays Mr. Fantastic by trapping him in a temporal bubble that devolves him into an ape. Molecule Man intervenes, however, rescuing Mr. Fantastic uh, while splitting the Maker into meat slices. Back on the battlefield, God Emperor Doom realizes Black Panther's fight is a distraction and teleports to the Molecule Man statue to confront Reed. Uh, Doom tries to use his power to destroy Reed, and he finds that Molecule Man has taken away most of his abilities so that the confrontation between the two will be fair. Mr. Fantastic and Doom face off. Doom exclaiming of how it always comes down to him and Reed like this uh, begins gaining the upper hand by mocking Reed for as the genius that he is not having been able to find a way to save the entire multiverse. Reed counters by calling Doom out for his insecurity as the first thing that Doom did when he obtained the Beyonder's powers was to steal Reed's life and family. Uh, making Doom confess that Mr. Fantastic would have done a better job with the Beyonder's power. Hearing this, the Molecule Man tra transfers the Beyonder's power to Mr. Fantastic, which destroys Battleworld. In the wake of the destruction, the Black Panther uses the Reality Gem to recreate and teleport himself to Wakanda. There he finds three Wakandan prodigies, uh, the same he talked to in New Avengers number 1, to whom he tasks with granting wisdom to the stars. Miles Morales awakens on the restored Earth 616, now known as Mirth's Marvel's Earth Prime, along with his friends and his mother, who was brought back to life by the Molecule Man as gratitude for giving him a hamburger. Still shaken by the recent events, Miles goes on patrol with Peter as Spider-Man. Meanwhile, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Valeria, Franklin, the members of the Future Foundation, and Molecule Man work to restore the multiverse one reality at a time. In Latveria, Dr. Doom removes his mask, reveals his face is no longer disfigures, and laughs with joy. All right. You're getting That's real good at that, Joe. Everyone. That was fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get real frustrated when Wikipedia decides to list 
Victor Doom's name as God Emperor Doom every single time he is mentioned. <laughs> That's what he went by in this. That was his name. It's it's very true, but to read God Emperor Doom like 73 times within two minutes is just a lot. Facts, but you did it, and that was the last comic recap plot summary of season one of Comics Over Coffee. Wow. You won't have to do that for a long time, buddy. Thank you, Wikipedia, <laughs> for your service to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Wikipedia. They need money, by the way. They keep emailing me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, same every time I get on it. Um, so this part of the, the comic um, was both great and reminding me of the 60s because it was very much like, ha I got you. With the whole Reed Richards versus Doctor Doom thing, and I was like, "No, I got you." And then it was, "Oh, okay." And then boom, and then quick thinking, Black Panther, boom, Time Stone goes back, makes us, oh, you know, everything's good, and Cheeseburger Land. So that's I mean, that's not new. We we've been doing that every other week for the past twelve weeks here. I mean, it's Um, fair, but that's how very unlike the sixties. Doom rips out Thanos' spine. <laughs> and that <laughs> moment was so nuts the first time that I read it. What did you guys think about that? Um, epic. I, like, Black Panther with an Infinity Gauntlet versus Doom. Dope. That was cool. But then you see Thanos come in. And you know what Thanos has done across many events. Um, and, and what he's known for in the MCU. And Doom, there's just so many points where he just comes out and just grossly displays his his op power in 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 battle world and uh just reaches in and mortal combat style pulls his spine through with skull attached finish him it was that was unexpected to say the least it did kind of look like a mortal combat finishing move Mm -hmm. Um, but yet doom in within three issues or something killed Cyclops wielding the Phoenix force and Dr. Strange and Thanos just pretty easily. And it was, he's got some badass powers and he ends the whole show or the whole series laughing, taking off his mask and laughing. What a, what a Chad. Yeah. Just so what, a, more, I mean, it, what a move by Reed. Yeah, I know. Last, takes last takes the uh, the upper hand there. Well, it takes the the higher road. Is yeah, geez, my phrases—they're all interchangeable, um, but only one of them made sense. Um, yeah, and then just showing where the Fantastic Four goes off to of like just creating these other universes and exploring them and yeah, interesting ending for sure. Um, but I mean, it was just to to Brady's point. I, it, it's kind of like. You, the very end of these comic events is when you really see kind of that comic logic and the comic science come through, and they're just like throwing them out there, and it's just kind of it was it was a very climactic ending, which was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just like, like Brady said, the aha moments that well then this and now this and then this. Um, so I don't know if they necessarily knew how they wanted to end it. I feel like so many times in comic events they like almost put themselves in a bind. In the last 
two issues did feel a little rushed, which is interesting to hear that backstory of what you told us, Joey, of like how things like because there was so much buildup and so much mystery. And then I feel like as things revealed themselves, it all happened very, very quickly, which is realistic. That's probably how it would have happened. And people like Black Panther and Reed Richards and Doom would have already had these next plays like in the back of their mind because that's how they operate. But it, it did kind of happen very domino style there towards the end. I agree. Um, it, it was a little bit rushed at the end there, but I, I did think they wrapped it up pretty nicely, all things considered, um, with a story with this type of breadth. Um, it's, I feel like that's tough to, to stick the landing, and I feel like they did an adequate job with it. Yeah, I agree, and and I say I I say it was like the '60s endings because it kind of was, but not upset with it to be honest. I'm really not. I think it's one of those things that if they had four more episodes or four more issues, they could definitely like have done it better. But at the same time, who would read a 13 uh, issue comic run that has 40 pages each? Like, we, as, we would, we would, we do would. It. okay, but what normally you know, we would, but most people, <laughs> well, that's not what they wanted, they wanted to get on to the next, the next series. So, but I do think, I think that it was, it was, it was fine. I had fun, I had a good time. Um, I did also. again, yeah, so many, so many tie ins and, and call outs, and <laughs> um, I think stories like this, this one did a really good job of kind of highlighting who the main people in the in the Marvel universe are and kind of like displaying them. Again, you didn't get a lot of Iron Man. You didn't get a lot of Captain America. You did get a lot of Thor as far as like those big 3 go. Um not not huge roles by by Spider-Man. Um you don't get a ton of Wolverine like the Hulks are briefly mentioned. So it did kind of highlight a lot of the people that don't normally take the forefront in our comic readings, which I thought was very cool. And they did it in a way where, like, it didn't seem off. Um, it just kind of you just accepted it and really honed into what that story was. And you weren't you didn't really have a whole lot of time to question, well, where's this person and who's doing this? And because there was just so much other stuff going on. And and you like once you become exposed to that, you're kind of just like taking the information that they give you and then rolling with it as the story went on. I thought it was very, very well written. I think that Hickman did an awesome job with this one. Um, the art style was amazing, which I love to talk. Each cover was done by Alex Ross, who is my favorite Marvel artist ever. He does the, the paintings rather than the inkings. I thought every cover was beautiful. Uh, the internal artwork was also awesome. Um, just a really, really, really cool story. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely one of my favorite crossover events. I will say, I do really like ending it with um, the Richards family creating universes and just tossing them out there because it would make sense now, you know, or 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 gives logic to why is there a pig world out there with Boar Thor? Oh, because. It was de- probably designed by a 12-year-old who was just like, I want a pig world, and then threw it out there. And it's just, I like the fact that it's it, it, that you can, like, have a reason for those things, and it's not just, oh, because it's there. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it was a cool, fresh start. And usually at the end of these comic events, especially the last couple ones that we've done, my biggest question was, what's the lasting effect from this? What, was, what, what comes next? What was the reason for this? And we haven't done a big one in a long time since, like, House of N or um, even Avengers vs. X-Men. There was a, there's a huge one there where, like, you off an entire human race and things like that. Um, big ones here. I mean, we get the end of two huge Marvel universes, the creation of a combined one, uh, very select elements of that combined one, like you get Miles Morales in our new universe, um, the creation of all these other universes happening in the background, um, the reshaping of, of Doom and his face and his memory of what happened and the utilization of those powers and... Um, the the new kind of place in Marvel Comics of what the Fantastic Four is going to be doing. Uh, this one was this one was huge. There's a lot that came from this, but I think obviously the biggest one is they took this entire created Marvel universe, sixteen ten, the Ultimate Marvel universe, and just offed it. They took what was years in the making of this whole side Marvel comic book, and then just destroyed it through this comic event of of nine issues. And that was that's crazy. Yeah, and you you mentioned that like Spider Man wasn't a key figure in this story, but I think in terms of the lasting effects, like you said, he's basically the only thing that they saved from that universe is Miles Morales. So yeah. I would argue he's one of the most important people in this story. And I was gonna say as well that that also means now that Miles Morales is a official part of the marvel 616 now marvel prime universe right he's officially he is officially now in it and there's no questioning it's kind of cool i do have two questions about this new universe the first one is this still technically 616 or is this a new universe this is six one six. Okay. Um. They yeah. No, of the of the ones that incurred here, um, six one six won out, and I think that's just from a reader standpoint, <laughs> where it's it's better to have that consistency. Um. It would have been cool if like it played more true to like what happened in the comics, and they came up with like it. It'd be cool if it was like. And this might be too close to what uh, Justice League does, but like if it was like Earth One, which I'm pretty sure, which is like how DC does it, like their main universe is Earth One. Um, but that would have been a nice, like, okay, this is this is one or zero or something like that, just to kind of signify like this is Prime now. Or yeah, you go by Prime or Alpha, and then the other ones go Beta, Zeta, things like that. I don't know, um, but I'm pretty positive that they just still refer to it as Six One Six. Okay. My second question is much more philosophical. Um, you know, Reed Richards and to an extent, possibly Franklin Richards are responsible for the saving of Earth 616 that clearly they had or with the Molecule Man. I don't know who was really in charge. They had a lot of power to do this. They, you know, brought some people back to a new universe. They changed Doom's face. Um, did they have a responsibility to maybe, you know, just like get rid of Doom's 
uh, <laughs> abilities that he has or any other supervillains that still exist. Like, I guess they dive into whether or not everyone is still exactly the same as they were before. Uh, but did they have a responsibility to maybe make the world a little better when they brought it back? I mean, I, you see this with Doom, too. He went from being the just looking out for my people, this is my goal, my country. Um, he mentioned many times that this role changed him. And there's he even said maybe he should have been a little more detached, which was his big flaw of being too far involved and kind of got, got rid of some of the grace and praise that his role was supposed to be. I think Reed handled that better, as they both mentioned that he would, and probably recognizing that there's like, if you interfere too much with the change of things and the change of people, you're overstepping your role in this, um, where there has to be that balance. And who are you to decide that there shouldn't be both good and evil? Um, and what are the lasting consequences of that? And I mean, Reed's a lot smarter than me, um, but I'm sure he went a little bit deeper into that as well, too. But I'm assuming he. It's not my place to change. I'm just here to save and then create, as opposed to Doom, who changed a lot of things. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, would it make his life a lot easier and less stressful to just get rid of the evil? Sure. But like, then what would we read? <laughs> what would we read? Pun intended. Read Richards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I had the same thought, Joey. In fact, I thought, why didn't when you're creating the, the universe, why don't you just snap away the bad guys? Why do you even bring Doom back and be nice to him? Snap Maybe away, that, okay, yeah. Thanos. Hey, you I could, you could argue that's the same as just killing them. So, I, but I was thinking, like, you know, depower them. Maybe um, just make them normal bad guys instead of you know super villains, but. Super villains nah. will always find a way. They will always find a way. Yep, gotta kill them all. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of questions, um, anything else that you guys want to discuss on the plot before we rate these and give give our characters of the week? Also, there's a lot to this. There's so much more that we could have honed in and talked about the small details. There's characters that we probably didn't even mention that that played a role into this and events, but I think we. Talked about the ones that stood out to us and stood out to us for a reason. So um, I don't have anything um, in particular to, to discuss other than just kind of like the overall ratings. And why don't you as our listeners go out and tell us if we miss anything. So boom, boom, listener plug. Oh, we, def- we definitely miss things. But like <laughs> you can only do so much. Let's hear it, Joey. Let's do the, let's do the questions. Let's see what we think. Right. Should I go first? Who's going first? Yes. Which question are we answering first? Uh, I I like what we just kind of go together. Jeremy, why don't you give us your rating and your favorite character? Okay. So I I did really enjoy this reading. Um, It wasn't my favorite thing that we've read, but it was, I would say, definitely in the top five. Uh, I'm going to give this a solid 8.3. And for my favorite character, ooh, I get to go first. This is tough. Um, I, you know, I think I'm gonna go with the the guy that was just kind of responsible for 
everything really um like i said he was the most intriguing character to me the backstory of how he works was was very interesting to read i'm gonna take the molecule man as my favorite character good choice good choice good choice yeah not he doesn't do or i guess he does a lot he doesn't say much um he doesn't have a huge role in the readings but yeah as far as like the lasting effects uh yeah, that's a solid choice. Um, and yeah, his character was just cool to read, too. Every interaction that he did have was, like, almost comedic. Um, as he's just hanging there, loosely floating, um, asking for food. Pretty predictable dude. I mean, he's got basic needs. Um, <laughs> yep. But, and hey, he, he, he remembers to pay his debts. Yeah, he, also just a cool dude. gave him a burger, and, and he brought yeah. back his family. <laughs> True, and then like because both neither Reed nor Doom like brought him any food, he's like uh, even playing field. Like no powers for you, Doom. Uh, bring me food next time. You knew I was down here. You should have brought me something. Now you guys battle it out like normal boys, <laughs> um, which was awesome. And then yeah, he just sliced the maker into like ten beef patties. Yeah, R.I.P. Maker who. Definitely is not dead because definitely he's not dead. Super huge, super alive. huge character in the King in Black. Uh, or yeah, that storyline and uh, Ultimate Invasion. He's he's very much back. Um, can't that man likes to survive. Um, not sure how he glued the beef patties back together. Um, maybe yeah. maybe Ooh. maybe Reed Richards when he got the power. He, maybe he's a little self self centered. Loves. Oh himself. my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So there is a line in Ultimate Invasion. I did not know it was referring to this moment. Um, but when the Maker goes and does the things that the Maker's doing in current Marvel comics, go read them. It's super dope. Um, he looks at Reed and the rest of the Illuminati, and he looks at Reed and says, "If you had the chance to go back, knowing everything that you know now, and kill me for good." Would you have done things differently? So he absolutely brings him back. And I mean, spoiler alert, Reed looks at him and he says, yes. Um, but I mean, a little, too little too late. Um, but yeah, he, that, he made one of those philosophical choices right there, Joey. So, geez, that's cool. I didn't even put those together. But now that's a pretty awesome moment. I mean, I don't know how... I didn't realize that Reed Richards would not act to save every multiversal uh, Reed Richards that exists because he is the most egotistical man in Marvel comics. True, and he doesn't know everything that this Reed did in the Ultimate Universe, which is also another great Reed. Yeah, he just knows. How? He's a (laughs) Reed Richards. He has to be one of the best people alive, so I'll save him. Oh yeah, how how Mister Fantastic turns into the Maker in Ultimate Comics is dark and deep and long rooted. So, um, Ultimate Universe was a very very cool read, and now it's kind of like a closed thing, which is awesome to be able to go and do. But yeah, eight point three, good reading, good rating. What about you, Brady? I also enjoyed it. I will say, like I said, I was confused, and the ending was very sixties comic book to me. But it was. Out of the 60 comic book, it was a good one. It it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of those ones that leaves you on a cliffhanger that you're like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I mean, there is there is like some stuff to build off of, but it's not, you know, it's not crazy awful. I, uh, I liked it. And I think that uh, I will give it a solid 8.0. Um, 
And for my favorite character, I will pick Mr. Egotistical himself. And I will say uh, Reed Richards as my favorite character. Nice. Just just to be super, super clear, this is Earth 616, Reed Richards, and not the maker, correct? Reed Richards, yeah. Okay. No, no, Reed Richards. He's picking both. <laughs> so Reed Richards, like plural. Yeah, Reed Richards. Yep. Okay, Brady, Brady snaking two picks for the first time in existence. Wow. I mean, if you're going to do it, it's in this one. That's like picking Thor. There were thousands of them. Boar Thor. Surprisingly, Honestly, very I would have respected that Thor. choice. <laughs> cool, cool. Good rating. Good choice. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what are you thinking? Oh, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this. And loved it so much more the second time around. I think I said that a couple times. Um, I'm going with like a 9.5. Of the the crossover events that we read, this is my absolute favorite. Uh, For for many of the reasons that I already talked about. I think the craziest thing that is, it contained so little of who some of my favorite characters are to read. Um, Used so much more Hawkeye. Very little Hawkeye in this. Um, he just kind of sits there at a desk with Nick Fury, which was very, very boring for him. Um, to be fair, 1610 Hawkeye has never been my favorite character. Um, 616 Clint, all day. You guys picked two of the, of the, of the top dogs in this. I, I think that there's... I loved reading Victor Von Doom in this. I'm I'm 100% going with Doom as my favorite character. I know it's boring, um, but his character development through this is like a Doom that we haven't read. I mean, compared to 60s villain Doom, what he does here, and he talks about the changes that he made. I mean, all this is through him. So those slight little references of, of who's in power, who the barons are, who's in charge of these territories, why are the people in charge people that have been villains like the maestro, and... Um, Sinister and the Goblin Queen and Apocalypse. Like, um, there's there's ties into his previous Cabal and things like that. The power that he shows and like his his kind of restraint of hopping in and like doing everything all at once. Um, I think is cool and really emphasizes when he does actually hop in and shows kind of his like mortality side and like um, his personal involvements. And I thought it was awesome. He's one of the coolest, like, he's not a, necessarily an anti-hero, but he's definitely a conflicted villain. Um, I like I like reading Doom, and this very much highlighted Doom and, uh, for, for a lot of cool ways. And uh, I like his involvement in a lot of the tie-ins as well, too, um, where he's just kind of, like, spoken of and spoken about. And, um, yeah, he, he, he was a good read in this, 100%. I, the... Uh, the ending, again, yeah, felt very rushed, and I feel like it could have been handled different, and that's where he kind of shows his biggest flaws of, like, not fully thinking things through or just kind of, like, falling to his own jealousy and because he was very cool, calm, and composed through everything else until he sees Reed's face, which ruins everything for him. But I think that, again, just kind of highlights all that past history between the two of them. So 9.5, Doom was my favorite character. Some reading. Love me some Secret Wars. 
Doom is a solid, solid choice. Yeah, I was gonna say I love I love the Doctor Doom pick, and I cannot wait for him to get into the MCU in some way, shape, or form. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. They're yeah. not. I don't want him in some way, shape, or form either. They gotta do Doom right. Well, yeah, like, I'm worried that they're not because they're going to have to like fix what they've done with Kang and piece it together with Doom somehow. And I, but like I will they, say, like, they don't know what to do. Kang has been a good villain. I mean, not the guy who plays him, but. Kang is a well, the guy who plays him has been an absolute great villain. He he, John the Major played Kang amazingly. That is true, but you know, you know, like he's actually been like a good villain on the screen, and I think that I, that's kind of what's what's got me excited for a possibility of Doom. So they're they're doing villains right again. They're not, you know, it's 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 good. There's a lot of speculation now that they're going to turn the Secret Wars movie into two different movies. Um, They've already changed the name. Like, it's no longer... It's just Avengers 5. It's not King Dynasty anymore. They already changed the name. Um, So it's just listed as Avengers 5, and they might uh, kind of scrap. They're going to do a lot of restructuring. But I've seen a lot of rumors saying that um, they're going to kind of do a switch here and focus on the Beyonder as one of the main villains. Again, this is all speculation. I have no idea. But I think that would be a really cool way. I mean, obviously, Doom's involvement and the Beyonder's involvement in both these, like the original Secret Wars and this Secret Wars is very cool. So I think that would be an awesome kind of direction and play. Uh, How they kind of change where they're currently at, I don't know. I've also seen a lot of things basically just admitting that this whole phase of Marvel has been like an experiment. But a needed experiment to kind of see where they want to go in the future. So they experimented with like horror and kind of like the the more family-friendly teenage aspect side of things and then the like tvma like violence and then like the she-hulk comedy and and things like that so um i wonder what are those one out and then where things are going to go in the future or if they're going to try to highlight each of those sections for different audiences i don't know um but they did very much admit that it was an experiment which is why it kind of seemed disheveled in, in ways um, I would say the same thing too if people were questioning my decisions about why I put out what I put out. But um, <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of catching up to do, guys. Um, this was our—I think this was a great tie into where we're about to head. Um, but we are now switching gears, and while we were still very much be doing our comic reading, um, kind of on our own front, I think a lot of that might tie in with like what we are going to be watching. But we're about to really just kind of from the from the beginning of it all or the beginning that we so have chosen uh watch these marvel movies in, in release date order and kind of catch back up to speed as uh 2024 is going to be a little slow on the movie front um and we we've got a lot of time to uh to kind of watch to see how we got to where we currently are um the cool thing about 2024 is there's going to be a lot of marvel animation coming out which i am very excited about uh, X Men '97, which is the continuation of the original animated X Men series. I need Spider-Man. to finish my watch through of the original animated series. Oh, dude, yeah. Or if anything, just watch like the tail end of the last season, just to see where to pick up at, like those last couple episodes. You don't need to watch all of it. You, you know, um, you know, Spider Man. They changed though. the name to Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. Is the name of the animated Spider Man show that's coming out. I love me some animated Spider Man shows. I saw that like Doctor Strange and Daredevil are going to be in this one too. Um, 
There's a new one called, I forget what it's called, something of the Panther. There's a new Black Panther animated series coming out with like him and Iron Fist. The, the three of those all look very, very cool. Um, we're getting a What If Season 3, which is projected Ooh. for 2024 now as well, too. Have you guys watched all of Season 2? I have not. I have not watched any of the What oh, Ifs. Oh, dude. We might need to do a little bonus episode. <laughs> I would love to yeah. talk about those episodes with you guys. So I believe I'm two. I might now be three days behind. I've watched... I think the first three or four, but nice. I've not not been keeping up. Um, nice. Part of the reasoning was I I wasn't sure when sixteen oh two was coming out, but I did also this week read the sixteen oh two story, which was very interesting. Nice. I want to hear more about that. But yeah, I mean, more of the story. We're about to do a lot of watching. So speaking of yes. us doing a lot of watching, call, um, us, call us the watchers. Season season two of uh, watching uh, movies over comics, over coffee, comics, movie watching. That's um, not, no, that's not the name. Don't listen to what he just said. That we are, <laughs> that is what, not. Make what sure you search for that in the, in, <laughs> in the podcast app. What are we watching, gentlemen? What, what can they follow along with? Well, we will release the. We'll probably just post the the reading order or the watch order. Jeez, that's gonna be new. Um, I, actually, every time that uh, Brady says watching or episode or <laughs> he might actually be right this time. Let's go. Um, but uh, we're gonna start with. I mean, the center, the core of what is the Marvel universe on a, on a cinematic front. Um, Howard the Duck. Yes. 1986 is Howard the Duck, which, by the way, can be found on Sling. If you just get Sling, the app, it is free. You do not have to pay for a Sling membership to watch it. They do have some free content on there. Um, The next two movies that we will be watching, Howard the Duck and Blade, both available on there. If you guys have been watching What If, even the first few episodes, I, I think they've made it very clear that we are about to get some Howard the Duck in some way, shape, or form outside of just animated. Let's go! Um, I mean, we big, have seen, big, we have seen live-action Howard the Duck. True. In the Guardians. Yes. I think that was just the right amount of Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the Howard. Well, we're about to get a lot more. Um, and that's by choice. So, I, I voted we start with Blade just for everybody that's watching. Please stick through episode one with us. Um, this will be kind of us putting our feelers out there and seeing how this new format goes. But if you want to watch along, which is a lot easier than reading along, I highly suggest you do it. Um, we will be watching Howard the Duck and reviewing that for our next uh, and first episode of 2024. Speaking of that, let's get to it. We will see you all next week. I think the podcast is time to sign off for season one. And on to season two. Thank you for listening to another episode of Comics Over Coffee. Please be sure to join in again next Saturday morning for another exciting episode. If you have questions for the host or would like to be featured on an episode, please write in to comicsovercoffeepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my fellow co-hosts Bo and Brady and a very special shout out to our artist Emily Rich.